going on, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Dusty Dimes Podcast. I am your host, TJ Plogger, with my co-host, Mike Warfield. What's up, Mike? TJ, we have a good one tonight. I'll tell you what. Ladies and gentlemen, we have on tonight one of the, how do I say it, nicest guys, I could say. He has a great mindset. He's very well-rounded. Um, and it's Taylor Lear, and Taylor Lear ended up playing for four and a half seasons for the Philadelphia Flyers before being traded on to the Buffalo Sabres organization in 2019. Um, put it this way, the kid's 25 years old, same age as me, well, actually a little bit younger, way more talent though, clearly, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But it's all right, though. Mike, I will tell you, though, I, you know how, you know, you and I, we do our research on these guys. Yep. And uh, what's funny is, is I was looking at a YouTube video and you were in one of his YouTube videos. Really? Uh, yeah, you were opening the door to when they came out on the ice. Well, what can I say? I'm just doing my job. It's funny because, like, <laughs> I said, <laughs> I looked and I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, there's Warzy. And I had to go back for Landon. And Landon's like, oh. And then Brain's like, I didn't see. I went back three times. Hey, man, what can I say? You know, I'm just a professional door opener. And I just, I still hold that title all the way through men's league. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but- uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm pretty pumped to have him on. Uh, like I said, I sent him this message a long time ago. And, you know, it's awesome that he, you know, got back to us and said he wanted to come on the podcast. And it's he's one of the guys that I wanted to get on the most. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. Um, it's going to be a fun one today. Taylor, how are you, man? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good, brother. How have you been? Doing well. Just patiently, patiently waiting for the season to start. And, uh, <laughs> you know, kind of like every other player is probably. But, you know, just waiting to see what happens. It's been a lot of rumors, but it's kind of been like that since April. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what, it's been a funky year with COVID and you guys basically having to adapt with everything and trying to, I don't know, it, it's got to be tough on the body, man. Uh, it's definitely been a different year. And I think just what I said before, everyone's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's, just, it's just different with training. You know, our trainers haven't really had an idea as to how to plan for it because there's just been so many speculations of when we're starting and then it gets canceled and, and so forth. So, you know, for me personally, it's, it's been the same thing with my skating coach and my trainer that it's kind of hard to plan for when there's not a deadline or a, a date to shoot for. Yeah, absolutely, man. So Taylor, I guess right off the bat, um, you played four and a half season with the Philadelphia Flyers organization. Um, can you tell me about like your overall experience, how it went with them? Yeah, it was. I I I'd consider it maybe. I'd probably say around seven, just since I got drafted. Yep. Seven seven years, um, because I did have a lot of experiences even when I was still a junior with development camps and training camps, and um, I went through a surgery with them, uh, that organization, and part uh, of that in my heart, the the Philly the Philly community and city and, and the flyers and just kind of the orange and black, you know, I have so many. I'll tell you right now. Oh, sorry. Uh, you were breaking up a little bit there. Oh, what, what I was saying was that the whole Philly community has kind of a special place in my heart. And, and uh, I made so many memories there and 
I was with the Phantoms a lot and the Flyers a decent amount. And yeah, it's a, it's a place that I'll, I'll always uh, cherish. Now, Taylor, I, I got a question for you. Being drafted by the Philadelphia Flyers, like what was your reaction being drafted by them knowing it's, you know, you know, blue collar city, you know, tough city on their players and everything. What was your reaction to that? It was, uh, you know, I was drafted mm-hmm. in general. I was a rookie that year in the Western Hockey League, mm-hmm. my draft year, and uh, where I played, let alone, you know, the NHL draft. I control control the things that I can control. And when um, when I got drafted by Philly, I was actually in the Czech Republic. I was playing for Team Canada in the Ball Hockey World Championship. No, no way. way. Yeah, <laughs> that's so sick. That's, that's yeah, sick. pretty wild. Actually, we uh, we just beat we just beat Slovakia in the in the gold medal game. So we won. We beat them one nothing, and uh, all the boys were we were checking on our phones after who like the, the draft and stuff, and then we saw like my name beside Philadelphia Flyers. So that's pretty sick. pretty sick. Like <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was super cool. And uh, my dad actually was there too, and my dad uh, idolized the Flyers and Bobby Clark growing up, so mm-hmm. uh, that was pretty special for me and him. Just a little bit surreal uh, to see him uh, emotional and just so happy for me. That's awesome, man. Yeah, um, I'll tell you right now, man. So I was actually with the equipment staff with the Phantoms when you were playing with us, and Waldo, Andy. All the boys, um, well, let's see. We just remember, man, like you were just an all-around good guy. Like you always treated everyone with respect. And like even the city of Philadelphia, we know we all loved watching you play up. So it's nice to see you doing well, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. I've always tried to um, stay pretty level-headed and treat everyone equal no matter who they are. And uh, I've never thought of myself above or below anyone and, um, you know, I'll probably, I'll never live differently. Lirzy, when you got called up the first time, can you like explain that like mentality walking in the locker room? Like what was your overall oh. reaction when you got called up? There was, no, there was a lot. There was yeah. a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of emotions. There was, it was so unexpected. I think that was the main thing. Like we were playing, we were playing, actually playing Rochester Friday night in Lehigh, we beat them. Um, I had a goal that night, and you know I was I was feeling we and the, the team played good and stuff. And I remember feeling good. And uh, Hextall he asked me and Ghost uh, to see him in his office. Now, I, I, honestly, I didn't even think about a call up. I swear, I was I was just like, what? Like, I I don't even know what I did wrong. And I got in there, and um, yeah, basically he he called me and, and me and Ghost up together and we met out in the hallway after and we kind of lost our minds a little bit but uh oh shit yeah (laughs) yeah so me and him drove together to philly that night slept in a hotel and then me and me and ghost flew to uh carolina saturday morning together we both played saturday night in carolina it was just it was crazy i got into the room and yeah i didn't (laughs) it was it was a super cool feeling and um I just tried to stay calm as best I could and because I don't necessarily like playing too jittery and like it was hard to fight the jitters that night. Yeah. <clears throat> now, now let me ask you a question. Uh, 
can you i don't know if many people know about it i i actually just myself just learned about it uh today is the honeybee line with you lots and raffle mm-hmm. during camp you know and, and lots spoke very high about you saying you were the glue to that line um that was a unique line and uh mm-hmm. i'm still i'm still actually pretty disappointed that it didn't work out for a whole season but you know the, the team had uh had some we had a we had a huge losing streak i think that was hard on everyone and i yeah. i had a little bit of injury problems i had uh a neck injury that i'd been battling for a while that kind of put me put me through the ringer a little bit but mm-hmm. the start of that season i mean i couldn't we couldn't have drew, drew it up any better um chemistry wise not really like ever playing with each other before when well, me and scott had but not raffle yeah and um I mean, I, I, I still – I can't believe we didn't get a couple more offensive bounces just from all the chances we generated. Uh, Absolutely. But overall, um, that, that, was, that was a good line. That was yeah, a fun line to play on. You guys so well together. It was yeah. fun watching that line together too. I, I think especially when that line was first created, everyone was just like, this is interesting. And then watching it actually like, you know, transform on the ice, we're like, holy shit, this is actually nasty. And then it went out nowhere. It sucked. We were all just like kind of disappointed to see that happen, but yeah, uh, like I said, that 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 ten game losing streak that can oh yeah that, that can, can uh, <laughs> you know turn a few things around. That's for sure. Now, now another question. I mean, I don't want to. I, I don't want to uh, make it sound like a, a like a rude or an awkward question, but that seventeen eighteen season when Hackstall was a coach, yeah, right? Did I mean, to me and, you know, the media looking around, it, it felt like he was holding back, you know, the younger players like yourself and Ghost and, you know, and Limblom and those guys. Did, did that take a toll on the mentality of you guys playing the game and holding you back or no? Um, I definitely said – or I definitely think that my, my confidence wasn't through the roof, but um, – mm-hmm. I've n- I never in my life have been out of the lineup and that was a first for me. And I, I remember perfectly what I thought day to day and I was trying my best to be in the lineup every night. And, you know, I, I, I honestly did. And I, for some reason it it didn't happen. And that's, that, that's sometimes what happens on a team. There's always a couple guys sitting out and it ends up being me. Um, so I, I can't really comment much on that, but that that's, I gave. I, no, I, 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 yeah, I don't want to be rude. To no, it's, yeah. no, it's a very fair yeah. question. I tried my mm-hmm. best to stay in the lineup, and um, I had that one injury that kept me out a little bit. And you know, there's just so many ups and downs throughout the season, and I just I couldn't get back yeah. in. So, yeah. and Taylor, aren't you just what? coming back from a uh, off season surgery? Uh, last year, okay. last summer, last summer I had uh, shoulder surgery, and then um, played played this past season and That's I awesome. felt I felt great had a good year and then COVID hit so yeah just wait now gotta love COVID now what now what's your what's your plans uh where you're playing at this upcoming season I'm an under unrestricted free agent still so there hasn't been very many signings um yeah I think I think uh, a lot of teams are very unsure and about uh I think a lot of money situations um, mm-hmm. team situations with the American League and the NHL. There's just so many rumors floating around, as you guys probably know, reading. Yeah. You're probably reading what yeah. I'm reading. And, yep. Yeah, exactly. There's just there's just so much uncertainty, and 
the market hasn't really opened up a lot. Like if you look at the UFA list on mm-hmm. like cat friendly, for instance, there's a ton of guys yeah. available. So um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Like I think relatively soon here, because from what I've heard, it's going to be middle of January ish. Yep. Yeah. HL is going to be a little in, bit later. That's, that's coming in pretty hot. So we'll see. We'll see what happens here, but I'm excited and I cannot wait to find somewhere to play. Either, no matter what team or whatever team does pick you up, you're going to tear it up, man. And you know, thanks, man. I appreciate Philadelphia it. always has your back. You made such a good like thanks. imprint with the city. No, I tell, and that's like me with like to go back with the 17, 18 season when you know you were there and then you were out of the lineup. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Just like the rest of the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, it, we it's, it's we love the hardworking guys that that bust yeah. their ass night in and night out. Yeah, that was something I tried to control, but I I couldn't. And yeah, I was I was just as frustrated as you guys were. But yeah, you know, like there's I I, I tried my best, and you know things didn't work out. And uh, I got a lot of op- I got a lot of playing time in Rochester. So when I got to Buffalo system, so that was good. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. Even when like the Flyers first signed you, it was awesome just to kind of watch you. Uh, beforehand when you played in the WHL and how young you were and then coming up into the AHL and just watching you grow from your rookie season all the way till now. It, it's one of those things that you it almost seems like you always had a goal in mind for each season. And I guess... I definitely do. Yeah, and I guess that would be my next question to you. Do you have a goal for next season coming up? I I usually uh, pre, pre-training camp, mm. I, I would always set, you know... I'd probably say around three or four goals for each league, obviously shooting for the NHL. And um, I still have to like manage and be realistic with my expectations. I, I, I knew I wasn't a first round pick, but I, I was always super confident in myself and knew there was always a chance of not being in the NHL. Just like my first, my first few years, like I wasn't there all the time. Mm-hmm. I was up and down. And uh, so I had a couple goals in, in, in each league and those are goals mm-hmm. that I'd shoot for. And, I try to make them as realistic but achievable as possible and kind of set the bar relatively high. Well, trust me, man. I mean, you clearly do because I don't know if you've ever taken notice, but uh, on YouTube there's a highlight video of you that's 22 minutes long. And, um, yeah, I watched the whole thing, and it was it was phenomenal, man. Like, it just showed every – every hard working play that you basically did even with Scott and it's just it's fun to watch you play I, I just hope a team picks you up soon thanks I actually noticed that this summer at some point that video that's a good one oh. that's, that's actually nice that's nice to have oh absolutely uh, man that, that on YouTube where I can if I ever kids or something like that they can actually see what, what I'm no doing. absolutely yeah, that was a shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes it's hard to find good videos Dude, so, it, it. it's definitely a solid one. And then, uh, Taylor, do you like? Are you, do you play a lot of golf in your free time, or are you more of like a fisherman? Both, but summer man, I bought a golf and it, I love it. I'm <laughs> to it. Yeah. Uh, do you remember? All right, I, I don't know if you remember this. You remember when Rosie <laughs> or Jay Rosehill set up a? I think it was a golf tournament down when you were playing with. I think you were playing with the Phantoms then. And it was basically rigged, and I forget rigged. what the. Uh, oh yeah, he absolutely rigged it because he Rosie's knew who was winning. I love Rosie though. <laughs> Fucking Honestly, beauty. Rosie is one of my favorite guys I've ever played with. He's like, there's, there's a lot, but he was so down. Stortzy, and, and well, I was a rookie when I played with Rosie, and 
he was just such a good guy to me. And, Dude, uh, you guys playing Suey was so funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah oh my god. Him a lot. Yeah, you you guys were. I'm telling you, that team was definitely fun to watch. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to think what else. Um, Who's a beauty on? You remember when uh, we got Danik Martell came in with Mohawk? Yeah, uh, I, I really enjoyed. My, I'm just thinking of like uh, more more veterans when I was a little bit younger, like when I was 20. I like Daryl Powell and Andrew Gordon. Gordon, uh, all yeah. those guys were good. Oliver Lordson, though Stephen Delisle, those guys were so good oh. to me. I remember my first year, so like in the American League, and yeah, I I'll rem- always remember that. They like kind of. Kind of brought me in right away, which was super, Dude. super good feeling. And Ollie, Ollie was just one of those guys too. Like you knew when he was on the ice, you, you, he always had your back. Yeah, like, I, he I, was a big boy. I'll never forget. And uh, it's my dad's video because, like, I don't know why my dad. He was edgy when he played. He just played. He played university football and hockey, and he was yeah. more of like mm-hmm. a. He like he initiated hits and stuff. And, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that's my game. Like, I'd rather steal the puck guy than bury him. But one time against Binghamton, I, I hit a guy pretty good. And I ended up fighting right after. This. And Stephen Delisle wanted to fight the guy that jumped me. And when <laughs> I went to the box with the guy, Diesel came by the box. And he told the guy, he's like, I'm going to get you. And in the second period, sure enough, Diesel fought the guy. <laughs> that jumped me, and he got him back. I'll never forget that. It was it was crazy. It it, it was about Buddy Robinson on Binghamton. I don't know. Oh it's my! It's not on YouTube, but yeah, I, I I've seen the clip a few times. It's 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 a good it's a good memory. Almost every time Bingo came into town, there was always a scrap when you guys yeah. played each other. Yeah, I got jumped. Always and then Diesel jumped him, so that was good. Yeah. I oh my god. Yeah, dude. I I actually remember when um. <laughs> You remember when Rosie threw his like speared his stick out and hit the Subaru sign? Yeah, that was a good time. But anyway, that guy uh, did chuck- you got anything else? That guy, yeah, <laughs> <chuck laughs> <knuckles>. holy moly, <laughs> uh, bro! When he came back fired up after getting tossed, mm-hmm. you were like hesitant to give his gear back. You're like, "Hey, go on, Rosie!" And then I remember one time I ran back and Waldo was back there, and uh, Waldo was like, "Don't too. say anything." I fucking love Waldo. Um, I ran back, look at Waldo, and he's like, don't say anything. I'm like, good fight, Rosie. He looks at me, just gives me a death stare. He goes, was it? And I was like, yeah. And I just ran back, but, dude, I would never go with Rosie. No, I don't. I wouldn't either. There's a handful of guys on our team that were thank slim. God they were, I was happy they are on my team. Derek Mathers, yeah. I'll do a lot yeah. of the guys. But, yeah, maybe. See, do you got anything else, brother? Yeah, Taylor, I got I got two more for you. Going back to your time in Lehigh Valley, you know, you guys versus Hershey. Mm. Like, what was that mindset with the rivalry going against Hershey? Like, you guys played them a ton of times during the season. Yeah, well, I don't even know how many times I played them in Wilkes, but a lot. Um, yeah. But I still think we should have – I mean, they were a good team, 16-17, uh, mm-hmm. when we they beat us in five games. Yeah, yeah, we were pretty devastated about that. Obviously, we were probably probably biased, and their guys probably think differently. But we thought we should have won that series, and it was too bad that the first round was only best of five, and we lost in five, especially at home. Yeah, I think it was three two in game five. Yeah, yeah, that was tough. yeah. That, those that are, was a those rough are big one. rivalries. Same with Wilkes. Yeah. And then my my last question for you be like. 
if to, to the younger kids, you know, listening and the older kids playing juniors, what could you tell them to pursue their dream to being where you are today? Commit to it. If you want, if you want to be a pro hockey player, commit to it, figure out what you're good at, good at, and uh, figure out what you need to get better at. That's my advice to any kid who wants to make it. Cause there's a lot of guys out there trying to make it. So commit to it. That's awesome. Phenomenal. Taylor, thank you for your time, bro. And we truly appreciate you coming on. Yeah, anytime. The, my pleasure. Uh, Take care, th- guys. Thanks, Taylor. Appreciate it, it brother. Bye-bye. Yep, you too. Absolute beauty, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I hope that kid gets picked up by someone soon. Absolutely. He deserves it. I mean, I absolutely, 100%. And my, what I wanted to ask him, but I didn't want to ask him the whole thing. I, I, I didn't want to, like, pursue the whole thing of playing this year is – you know, is would it be an option if you know the AHL doesn't play and he goes to play over in Europe like other players do? Yeah, and you know what though, either way, wherever mm-hmm. wherever he um, ends up, it's one of those things that I, he's gonna tear it up. Like you, his work ethic's phenomenal. He's just you even heard the advice you just gave the young kids. It's like you have to commit to it. And even when he played for the Phantoms, worked his way up, played in the show for the Flyers. It's like he said himself, he had a goal in mind each season. And I don't know, man. But you know what? Good you player. know how much this guy's a beauty? He literally just texted me. Thanks, buddy. Awesome time. Thumbs up. That, that's, He's a great guy, dude. I'm you telling know, you. Great guy. And, and I tell you, and, I, and the whole thing, and I, I mean it, man. The whole thing with the 17-18 season, and, and you know me, Mike, dude. I'm, I'm diehard Flyers, mm-hmm. man. I love the Flyers. love hockey, man. And it's like you see these younger guys that are coming up. Like now the NHL is a young man, young sport, just like when he was playing. Oh, absolutely. 17, 17, it was three yep. years ago. You know what I mean? Like you got to give these younger kids a chance, man. You know, like it's, you can't let people holding you back. And for a guy like him busting his ass night in and night out and not getting a chance. Like there's other guys that were in the lineup that, you know, and I could say it, you know, as a fan and, I, I I believe that there was other guys that shouldn't have been in the lineup, and he should. Oh, absolutely. I, I can. You know I mean, agree and, with that. and that that's that's coming with that's coming from me. You know, I wanted to, I don't want to say that while he was on because I don't want to like conflict anything. But the guy the guy definitely should be picked up 100 percent somewhere, and he's he's NHL material. He's Obviously, NHL he's ready. played in the show. Yeah, it's like you 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 name me you name me another guy that. You know, you know who, who that the guy scored against Lundqvist yep. for fuck's sakes. You know what I mean? Like, and, and the thing is, like, he's one of those players that I it's he likes getting into the grittiness almost like where he just gets mm-hmm. in the corner. He stays in front of the net. And like, yeah, you might not have always the prettiest goal. But guess what? It's still a Gino. And at the end of the day, goals get us wins. And it doesn't matter how pretty it is. Like, just he's just a very smart, posi- positionally sound player. And it shows in his game. It, it does. 100%. 110%. But, you know, it, it, it's like you got these guys, like like he said, you know, and, and I'll use this as an mm-hmm. example is, you know, you look at last season for the Philadelphia Eagles. I know this is a hockey podcast, but I'm using an yep. example. Last season with the Philadelphia Eagles, right? They got time in and time out. Their players were getting hurt. They were picking up guys working for, working at fucking Wawa and CVS, mm-hmm. right? That that played football. They had background experience. You brought these guys in, and dude, they were busting their yep. dicks. 
You know why? Because they were playing for something. They were playing for fucking contracts, and they want to play. You know what I mean? And said, you get these guys that are making fucking $3.5 million a year, and they're like, eh, all right, I'm just going to go out there and play. But then you get guys that, that want to prove something, man. You know, if you're making, you know, seven, seven thousand, seven hundred ninety-five thousand a year, still, man, it's you got to think of that. Like that's getting taxed, so you're not making that much. Mm-hmm. But they want to play, man. They they want a roster spot. They want to play, and that's it, man. Like at the end of the day, and especially with the twenty twenty-one season looking like this mm-hmm. starts to be mid-January. It, it from what Bettman's saying, it's going to include a shortened schedule. Um, it's going to be temporary realignment with one of the divisions. I believe it's going to be made up of seven teams based in Canada. Um, I think it's going to be division games only, and games will be in home arenas, and I think hubs as well. I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, it's 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 four okay. divisions. I yeah, saw. so it, it's going to be it's going to be different, you know. But the boys yep. are still able to play some hockey. Um, hopefully mid January, we'll get it rolling. I mean, still nothing's finalized yet, but at the same time, something is in effect, which is a good thing. It's some mm-hmm. news is better than no news is what I always say. And unfortunately, depending on the AHL schedule, um, I believe they will be starting right after. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not hundred percent sure, but I'm assuming since NHL will be starting, they will be right after that. But I guess the biggest thing right now from what the NHL is focusing on is they're trying not to make, in a lot of bubble play. The reason why is just because of the Stanley Cup finals with Tampa and Dallas. I guess they were saying um, it took a big toll on them for not seeing family for more than two months. And I mean, I get that. You know, like it's one of those things that you need to be able to find um, cities within mm-hmm. maybe between each team or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it this season. It's going to be interesting how this plays out. I, it, <laughs> I mean, I I don't mind, you know. And we talked about this mm-hmm. before, and I guess they were throwing it around here. Was was the outdoor games, man? Yeah. But what frustrates me though, it's like you think you got to think about it. If they're re- trying to restrict like almost indoor play, then why are they letting basketball already start their preseason? Exactly. Like they exactly. start December eleventh. Their regular season, dude. They're yeah. already yeah. They're in preseason. Yeah, they start right December twenty second, and it's like, yep. I guess they already have the first half of their schedule. And I believe they're going to wait until like half the second half of their schedule to be released. But still, they're playing indoors. Like, well, I get it. It's mm-hmm. basketball. You got to play indoors. But if they can do it, they're playing in the same arenas, using the same locker rooms, basically. Absolutely. If my kids can go to school, they yeah. can play. So <laughs> that's my stance on that. I hope the boys do mm-hmm. get to play soon. Um, and on top of that, I'm assuming most of them are probably, you know, looking forward to playing. Absolutely. And then uh, we, we, I sent you the three topics, you know, a couple topics I wanted to talk about. I totally forgot. I totally forgot to bring this up last episode uh, with the Thanksgiving tourney that I was uh, at when Landy, we had a Thanksgiving tourney, the Hershey tourney and uh, Landon was involved. You know, his team made it to the finals, tough loss, tough loss all around. Uh, I was coaching his team and then I coached a, uh, a UA team. U18 team for the Mid-Atlantic Black Knights. And I tell you, man, the experience I had with those kids, like great, great group of kids, like real great group, funny kids, you know, first time I met them, coached them. And, you know, they just, they were very respectful to me. They were joking around and they found out finally, like I was TJ with Dusty Dimes and put two and two together. 
And it was just like, oh my fucking god, it's you. And I'm like, I felt like almost like a fucking celebrity there. For Did a you give an autograph? No, You're not a celebrity no, no. yet. So, so I was coaching, you know, Landon's team during the day. Came back home, dropped them off. Then we had night, you know, the 18s had night games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, so we played, we played against this team, right? And it was this. They were the, the stampede. The Stampede from New York, right? All right. And I, I Mike, I, I, when I tell you this fucking story, and you're not gonna fucking believe me, you're really not. All right, they were. Let me, I'm gonna try. I'm getting their name real quick. They were the Center State Stampede out of New York, and we were playing this team. You know, there was this kid, Whitey, defenseman, just a fucking truck. Yeah. Right. Goes out. Hits this kid 30 seconds into the game, yard sale all over the place. Yeah. Right? And you know me with hits, man. I was fucking jacked up. What the fuck? I got? Jacked up. Uh, yeah, I was jacked up, yep. right? So it's back and forth, man. It's like, you know, they're playing chippy. We're playing chippy. Uh, one of their guys comes down and tries to slew foot one of, one of our guys. And, you know, our guy didn't like it. You know, guts gets back up, grabs him, and suplexes him on the oh, right? WWE. Yeah. So, yeah, so he suplexes him, and they put both guys in the box, right? And the ref, I look at the ref, and they're like, both of you go, I go, dummy. You know me with refs. I like, love if, it. If, if you're not going to be, if you're not going to be smart about it, and you don't know what the fuck you're calling, don't do yep. it, right? I look at him, I go, dummy. I'm like, you can't send both of them off at the same time. Right, and he looks. He looks at me with like a dumb, like I got a big dick on my head, right? And I go, "You can't send them. Like they literally just fall. Like leave one here, because they're both. You know, there's no locker rooms. Oh my god! So where where are they going? They're both going out the same door at the same place. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, he sends them both off at the same time, mind you. As he's getting sent off, I guess the dad on Center State, you know, Stampede. I shit you not. I'm 39 years old. Never seen this before. The guy throws a football at the ref. <laughs> right? And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Right? As he throws a football, he comes walking down the step of Twin Ponds and almost fucking face plants. Face plants, Right? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Taylor Taylor just texted me right now. He's saying, hey, if we ever need anyone else to let him know. So, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah. You're a beauty. Um, he, he almost face plants headfirst into the fucking glass, Mike. Because he was – he had to have been drunk. Okay. Because what fucking normal human being is throwing a football at a ref, right? So, the ref looks at the guy and goes, you're out of here, right? Yeah. Throws him yep. out. Right. So we, us as coaches, you know, players, we go back to the game. Mind you, we find out <laughs> that this dad that walked down to get his kid was helping his son try to fight one of our kids that got thrown out. Yeah. Right. Then the kid's dad on our team comes out and just knocks the fucking guy out cold for touching his kid, which. Savage. I do the same savage. thing. I yeah, do the same thing. Savage. I do the same thing. Right? 
knocks this kid out, knocks this guy out cold, right? Tournament tournament director, stole cold stunner. Doesn't do anything, right? Yep. Which I respect, dude. You're you're hitting on a fucking kid. It's either, you know, you're going to jail for, you know, not, touching a um a minor. Yep. Right? Or you're going to or you're going to the fucking hospital for getting knocked out, yep. right? So they don't do anything, right? We get a fucking text message from the kid's dad. Hey, uh, we left. We went back home. We didn't know what the cops were coming, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yep. Right? So so the next day, we're like, we're still like mesmerized by this. And we walk in the rink and Landon's team somehow found out. Right? They're like, what happened in your game? And then people were asking me, what happened? I'm like, I told them what happened. I'm like, and then as they were walking in, people were walking in. They're still cleaning blood up off the floor. There was blood all over the floor from this guy getting knocked out. Well, shouldn't touch an underage kid. So I mean, th- so that weird. was that was that was pretty mesmerizing. Like that, the guy literally like had enough balls to touch a minor. Like, not I. I mean, punch a minor, not touch punch, <laughs> punch a minor, and like, who? What goes through your mind doing that, man? Like, really? I I I would never, never in my life. I'm not gonna lie. That the the kid that took the punch, kudos. Absolutely. From a grown man, kudos. Absolutely. But uh, hundred ten percent. That's the type of shit you see in like the DVHL, and oh, my god, I, I don't even know. The leagues around here are just goon neat. Like, dude, it, it's just goon hockey. It truly is goon hockey. Like, there's there's a couple of teams that I would say, like, even Lanny's team is nice to see because like they're young and there's no hitting allowed, so it's like pure development and. They're learning how to move the puck and play smart and, like, just know the basic concept of hockey. And I feel like there's so many Bantam teams and Midget 16 teams around this area that are growing up and just turning into nothing but a hitting team. And It is. It's sad. It really is. It's sad, man. Like, I – and you know me, man. When we coached, when we coached in Jersey, dude, mm-hmm. that's my biggest thing. I'm like, you know, you hit, you take the body. You're not trying to fucking kill somebody, yep. which, you know – most teams are trying to do these kids are trying to do, but you got to separate the guy from the puck. And, and I, I told, I told my kids and I will, I will preach it to the day I stop coaching. Right. If a guy has his head down, absolutely. Don't kill him. Yep. Take, you know, light him up, but don't kill him. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it is what it is, man. You separate the puck from the body. You're done. It's, it's, Game over. That was the one thing, man, that I truly loved about coaching was when we were doing just like, um, I, I call them uh, systems, but it was basically four or five different stations. Sometimes it was three mm-hmm. of them, and it was just simple concepts to work on, like s- simple puck separation, uh, head up while you're shooting, pulling the puck instead of dragging it, like just little things just to work with them, and then also their power skating and. It, it it was great from the team that I originally got and gave the kids to you because yep they were not ready for the type of hockey that you were preparing them for right off the rip. Oh, no chance in hell. Like I was a small reality check for them, and it was nice because when you got them, they were at least somewhat like ready. Like I'm telling you right now, my favorite player to this day would be Patty Prenage. Like that kid was a workhorse. Like never never disrespectful. He was always like one of those kids that, yes, coach, no problem. And uh, I will preach this day because I've never seen a 16-year-old. I think he was 15. He bagged himself 
every fucking practice at the end of practice. Like, Mm -hmm. he used to do pyramids, like blue line to center ice, and he would do as many as he possibly could until, like, the Zamboni driver was like, yo, get off. Like, yeah. And I don't know, man. Like, a lot of you don't see that anymore. Like, a lot of kids at that age, they just think that they got the goods and they show up to a game and a practice and they half ass it and thinking that they're going to get recognized. And it literally goes all the way back to what Taylor, or Taylor said you have to commit. And that's a perfect example. The kid was committed from the get go. It's, I, I can't agree more, Mike. I, when I had him too, it's the kid was a beauty. And, and I say this, and I'll say this. Again, the kid wanted to play defense, right? Mm-hmm. He was not. He wasn't a defenseman. Oh no, he was a forward. Really wasn't he was, he was forward in and in 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 and out. Yep. Like just literally could skate, back check, you know, do anything. And you know, I, I see he's doing really well this season, and I'm happy for him and the rest of the boys that are doing well. You know, what I mean, and I have, you know, I I keep track, you know, on those guys, and you know, like Patty Egg with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, yeah. sixteen double A. Like, I can't be more more happy for for those guys, really. And it's just nice too, because like when you see them doing good, it makes you happy because you know you basically mm-hmm. work them into the player that they are. In a sense, I mean, don't get me wrong, we only had them for a season and a half, but. It was definitely worth a good season. Like mine was only four months, and I wish I had more because. Oh my god! I love yeah. my I love I, my I, boys. <laughs> me, me too, Mike. Oh, uh, <laughs> me, t- me too. <laughs> I think yeah, you want to retract I, that. <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> um, uh, what I <laughs> what I will say though is, you know, that like you said, you know, it's you see them doing well. It, it's 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 good on you. And like you know, with with Patrick Egg, you know, I, I speak to his dad, you know, time in and time out about how he's doing. You know, I watch his games on Live Barn, and what the kid's progressing. He really is. You know what I mean? And, and the kid takes criticism. Like I'll tell him, like you know, he needs to do this. He needs to do that. You know, and like he watches. You know, Tom watches Lanny's game and says, ah, he should do this because I can't, you know, I don't see everything. Yep. No, hell, yeah. You know, and, and what's awesome is I gained, you know, hopefully a lifelong friend in Tom, you know what I mean? Like he, it's, you know, he gained, I gained his respect, you know, and everything. And he's a great guy, a great family. You know, he always checks in on, on my boys and my wife, you know what I mean? Which is, which is awesome. That's it, man. Like those type of people you want to keep in your life. Absolutely. That's hundred, hundred percent. I will always say that. But uh, 100%. I'll tell you right now, man, it, you know what season it is? Pond hockey season. Yeah, I wish. We we, we, we got fucking snow season out there right now. We got blizzard well, season. Well, yeah, you know, we'll just pack that in, you know, and just hope to God it freezes over, lay a little more water down, and pray for the yep. best, you know? It's, right, right. I don't know, man. I haven't played pond hockey in probably two years plus. Um, it, It's definitely one of those things that if you're able to play pond hockey, you are lucky. Um. Just because a lot of us on, I guess you can say the East Coast, not a lot of times it freezes for us, and it doesn't get cold mm-hmm. enough. But um, and especially where I'm at, there's not a lot of ponds. The ponds that are around me are more like uh, municipal ponds and stuff like that. A little little uh, runoff. Yeah, exactly. So uh, when I was in high school, we always would. This gets sound kind of fucked up, but we'd always leave school early, and uh, we would like leave fourth block, and I think that was. I had, like, coffee shop. It was a joke. Like, my senior year was a fucking joke. I had two gyms and a coffee shop. Uh, thank you, Freedom Education. Anyway, 
<laughs> the Rock. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Rock went to my school. Not a big deal. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it, we used to always leave like uh, during third block. We'd say we're going to coffee shop, and we never go. We go to our cars. All of our gear was in our trunks already, and um, it was so funny because. I remember the one time our one security guard, we called him Pierre Lapieu because it was this black guy named Pierre and he was French. He was a great guy. Love you, Pierre, if you ever hear this. But uh, he drove by this pond one time and he recognized like 12 kids basically playing on a pond, uh, playing hockey, stops his car, gets out, starts talking to us. And he doesn't recognize us right away. until one of us turns around and we're wearing a Freedom High School hoodie. Yeah, we all got written up. So... Short end, of the, short end of the story, don't cut class to go play hockey. At least if you do, don't get caught. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, that was pretty bad. Yeah, two, and then two, two more things I, I want to bring up real quick. Uh, then we, we can jump off yep. here. Um, one thing I want to talk about that was brought to my attention, and at, somebody asked me a question, and they asked me to keep anonymous, is – what is your thoughts on holding players back from moving up age groups? Which is a great question. That, I think that uh, that's a very good, that's a very broad question, but that's a very good question. Um, wow. So my opinion on that would be, I think it's, I think it's bullshit. If you hold someone back that is capable of playing up at that tier, um, mm-hmm. growing up for myself, even when I played different sports, um, I would always play up a year above if I could. Um, yep. I remember I was playing U12 at the time, uh, for like a soccer team and my uncle ran a U16 team. I played with them and I was still put like goals in. It was a joke. It's one of those things that I look at it this way. If you have the talent and even if you're smaller, even if you are, um, a little undersized for the next age group. Yep. I think that you will build confidence going into the next season. You might not be um, the player that you are going into the your first season and moving up because everyone yep. has jitters. Everyone gets nervous. Um, if it's your first time getting hit, everyone's scared to get hit the first time until you learn to take a hit. And once you start to get to understand um, how that pace of hockey works, um, once you understand just to kind of slow things down, once you, once you get to faster hockey, um, I, I think you will adapt very well. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think it's utter bullshit if uh, a player or male or female gets held back from a level that they want to move up to and they think they can play in, they should absolutely do it. Yep. And I will, I will say on this, you know, real quick is, you know, my, I want to say my second or third year coaching uh 18s mm-hmm. um i was really you know i i didn't i didn't really i was young i didn't have any you know thought process on it really you know i was didn't know any better and what changed my mind the most is i had this player called uh his name was brian brown mm-hmm. little brownie little brownie we called him his brother kevin uh played on my team as well um they're both cops now in the state of new jersey wow. which is awesome that's, that's and, sick. and and uh, little little brownie, as I call him, and I still he's in my phone. His little brownie is he went to UNH, mm-hmm. right? But when I had him, he was 15 years old playing U18. Holy shit! Right, and uh, Mike, 
I, I swear to God, like that kid would do anything, anything I tell him to do. You know what I mean? On the ice. I'm like, Hey, go kill a penalty, go score a goal, go on the power play. Right. The kid was, he was my leading score at 15 years old. Right. And I, I knew this kid was going to be a stud and, you know, he played, he played awesome for me, that team I had there. And I, and I will say it and I'll say it over and over again on the podcast that, Flemington Hawks, New Jersey Freeze team that I had was by far, by far the best team I've ever coached. And the fact that, you know, a 15 year old was playing up in the 18s literally changed my mind on, you know, yes, that players should be moved up no matter what, you know, if they, if they're capable and willing to play at that level, by all means, move them up. You know what I mean? You, you're, you're, you're only holding back the potential of the kid you're holding back the potential of you know his growth in the sport you're holding back his fucking confidence he or she in the sport you know what i mean and it's only gonna it's only gonna hurt only gonna hurt the player in the long run uh, yeah, i mean it's if you if you want to sit there and hold this kid back on your team because he's tearing it up for your you know your a level team when this kid should be playing double a mm-hmm. or if it's a double a playing and he should be playing triple a you're only you holding that kid back because you want to win is absolute bullshit. Oh yeah. Absolute bullshit. You should not take, you know, that's, that's on your other team. You have other players on your team. You have five other positions on your team, right? Or four, four other positions on your team that should have players that step up. Not just that one, one player doesn't make a team. We all know that. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? It, it, it really, it really shouldn't be like that. So if one player is, you know, you're holding that one player back just to get the W's, just to get the tournament wins, you know what I mean? It's, it's dog shit, man. And you as a coach doing that, you should be, you shouldn't be coaching. I, you really shouldn't. I, I have another thing just to chime in on this about because this got me thinking a little bit. I, I think about mm-hmm. this way because people are going to argue, be like, oh, well, my son's going to get hurt. My daughter's going to get hurt. Listen, you know that hockey is a physical sport you know for a fact that no matter what age level it is someone can get hurt it's just a part of the game unfortunately no matter what from squirt all from mites all the way up to exactly you you listen you listen to taylor taylor is hurt he just had surgery last year and like the guy's been through surgery and he's playing in the show he's playing the ahl speaking of taylor it's one of those things too he played in the whl if you look at some of the rookies of the whl they're 15 to 16 years old playing in the whl so like I don't yep. want to hear any of that bullshit like, oh, my son's like this age and he shouldn't be playing U16. There's kids that are 15 years old playing a 21 and under division. Full yep. beards. These kids haven't even have, you know, facial hair yet and they're playing right. in that division. So, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people find a way to make an excuse because it's just a soft way to get out of that situation. Um, 100%. But it's, it's, it, 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 to me, it, it's back on the organization and the, and the, and the coach, it really is like you, you as an organization holding a kid back is bullshit because if you as an organization push it, push a kid up mm-hmm. and this kid tears it up at the next level, right? Yep. Other it's a, it's an attraction, Mike. Yep. It's an attraction. And the nice part, right? it if makes room for that team underneath abs- them to bring more players in. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you build your program on moving kids up, I'm like, fuck yeah, man. I'm putting my kid there. Yep. I'm gonna have my kid there, and in, in a year and a half, he's gonna be moved up two spots on in, in age group. Like, absolutely, man. If you're real serious, 
if you're real serious about your kids moving up and you need to find an organization that it's almost yeah, like a feeder program. Absolutely. That cares about the well-being of the kids yep. development. You yep. know what I mean? If you want a kid just to be in, you know, developmental hockey and rec hockey, then you need to find a program that, that doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't care. And, and that's it though. But like that, that's at the end of the day, you, if you move up, you only gain more experience. You only get better. You get a quicker mindset when you have the puck on your stick. Um, I absolutely, I love that idea. If mm-hmm. one of my players came up to me and they're say 14, they want to play 16. Let's do it. Absolutely. Or I'm sorry, uh, 12, 13. And they want to play 16. Excuse me. But either way, you're Yeah. I got nothing else, brother. <laughs> you're good, man. Uh, first and foremost, want to thank, uh, you know, our sponsors, Goodwood Hockey and Gurus, Bear Beards. Uh, AT8 Hockey and DH Apparel. Uh, we thank you guys again. Uh, go check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, tell them we sent you. Also, um, uh, I forget what I was going to say, Mike. Fuck. Uh, I can say something. Uh, go ahead. So, biggest thing is, because I don't do these quite often, as everyone knows, uh, but biggest thing is uh, holiday season come around the corner. Uh, we, from us, uh, Dusty Dimes, we want to wish every one of our listeners a uh, very Merry Christmas. Um, we hope and, everyone... a ha- and a happy Hanukkah and happy Kwanzaa. Yep. I hope everyone has a great Christmas with uh, COVID going on and everything. We, we over here know it, it's a weird year. And mm-hmm. um, listen, day by day, we're all going to get through it. And it, it's just, it's a shitty situation for, for everyone, but, it's the cards we're dealt with. Let's play it out and get through this shit together. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, again, thank you guys for listening. And I I do have one I, I have one little thing to say at the end. I wanted to say it, Mike. You know, I I had <laughs> I, I, I had a, a message from a person. I'm not going to say their name. I'm not going to blow their shit up. Okay. I'm really not. I'm not. I, I left it alone, but I said I was going to wait. You know, they said, you know, I listened to the first five minutes of your podcast. Couldn't go through it anymore. That's fine. They said our podcast is, is dog shit. Thank you. Which is, that, that's fine. If you That's your opinion. By all means, that's your opinion. But uh, I will say that you don't run a podcast and you're not up to, you know, uh, 9,400 9, listen so far. So uh, go fuck yourself. And uh, I hope you have a Merry Christmas and stay dusty. I hope you shove a coal up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> 